Hey guys, and welcome back. This is Corsahe, Corsahe.com. And today, I'm going to be breaking down the Phoenix Suns game, Phoenix against LA. And first of all, congrats to the Suns on taking a 3-2 lead on the series. That is huge. And to do that against LeBron James and Anthony Davis' team, with or without Anthony Anthony Davis being present, it's a significant deal. And you can say however you want, like, oh, if the Lakers had Davis, oh, they would have won. Or if KCP was um, fully healthy, able to go, able to give it all he got, oh, it would have been different. But first of all, before I get into that, I want to break down everything that's just happening right now, which would be our exclusive deals, which are which would be our elite membership. And I know I've been talking about this consistently every single day, whether you've been on the website seeing that or listening to our podcast. Look, these exclusive articles, these exclusive elite memberships, these are not fake. This is not something like that ESPN or um, Black and White Sports Network um, or Anything like that. Like we're paying high amounts of money for good content. And look, I'm not bashing anybody when they're putting out their exclusive memberships. Because they work hard on those, right? And they deserve the money that they're getting for that. Because it's great content. But, what if I said that our elite membership was more significant, more better, cost effective... For three bucks, for three dollars a month, uh, first month being a dollar ninety cents only. Uh, you can give four exclusive articles per month, four personalized coupons, two newsletters, and all this stuff being emailed right towards you. That say, hey, this is live. Hey, before you don't, even, you don't even go to the website. We'll just send it right to you. So it's one click of a link, one click of a button. To send you towards that URL, you just go to our website or to our newsletter, and boom, you'll be sent. You don't have to do much. All you, excuse me, might have to do is just sign in. But look, our two newsletters, the main one comes out on Sunday morning, and the other one comes out on Friday, uh, Friday morning. The one on Sunday morning talks about our exclusive article, our two main sub-articles, and just tons of coupons, and of course, our social media and podcasts, and different things like that. Our Friday morning ones are about top products of the week, uh, good deals you can get. You can get 60, 70, 80% off coupons without spending too much money, right? And so those are high rewards, no risk, high rewards, and you would not have to pay too much money. Your pay is going to pay three dollars Per month to get 80% off coupons. Imagine how significant that is. And especially for the stuff that you like. Like PSA 9 Jason Tatum cards. Uh, PSA 9 Michael Jordan cards. Michael Jordan like uh, hats and souvenirs and Funko Pops. Like old time or new time basketball cards. Uh, vintage. Um, the Mendes Brothers. Mark Jackson card. Shaq cards. Uh, Devin Booker cards, LeBron James cards, and all these different cards, starting lines from action figures. We even have clothing. We have our own clothing brand now. If you just go over to CourseHeat.com, just click on the tab that says Style and Swag swag Shop, you can get basketball-related, funny content-related, life-in-general-related gear, uh, swag like hats, t-shirts, mugs, pajama sets for your children, or even for yourself if you're if you like pajamas still, or anything like that. And even for the people, even though COVID's over, uh, we are selling face masks that are pretty cheap as things go. So if anybody's interested in that, we have that. But we have everything. So from products on our main store to our clothing to Deals everywhere. We have it all. And real quick, I'm just going to put this out as a nice and simple saying. Look, I can tell you all over social media. 
And he, but here's the real thing. Here's the thing I think I that you guys should know. If you look up quartz heat, quartz heat in your Google in your Google machine, right? One word quartz heat. Don't do not space it out. Trust me. Uh, you'll get different results than what you're trying to look for. But if you look up quartz heat, one word in the Google machine, you will get all of our social media there, from Linktree to Instagram to Facebook to Twitter to Tumblr to Parlor. Even though Parlor's been off the past few months and we have not been posting there consistently because we've been trying to focus more on Twitter and whatnot. But still, if you're part of Parlor, follow us. We're going to start getting back to that too. But our main ones to look out for is Instagram, a Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and all of our different types of social media accounts. Now, with the ones that I will say, if you do try to look us up manually on, on Instagram, look, you're going to put in Corte NBA. This is the only one that we have Corte Heat NBA for. Everything else is just regular Corte Heat. It's all a story why we went with Corte Heat NBA. It's not a funny one in some aspects, but yeah, it's going to be shared in our day. But for right now, Go on to Instagram.com slash NBA. If you're on the app, just click on the search bar. I believe you just clicked that little magnifying glass. Go to your search bar. Type in Heat NBA. Or if you just want to put in numbers, put the number sign and then one next to it and we'll come up. We'll come up as Heat, um, Heat number one NBA expert. And I'm not kidding. Um, okay. So... A lot of things happened. Let me backtrack because I, I do apologize real quick. I was set to release a video yesterday. Um, I was set to release a video yesterday about the Phoenix Suns. However, due to time constraints and what I was doing, I just could not get I just could not get around to it. But if you're a part of my exclusive membership. The Elite Membership, which you can find on Courts of Heat. It's a quick form to sign up. Stripe will take the money and boom, bang. Free bucks each month for month, first month, 99 cents. But okay, basically, we talked about the Suns. What they need to do to win Game 4 and beyond. And since we're bringing up Game 4 now, or since I'm bringing up Game 4 now, it's interesting when you bring it up. They won Game 4. Because that was a game that was do or die for the Suns. Because the Suns didn't win. You had the implications going down 3-1. to one And not being able to have a secure grip on this series. Because 2-2 two and two is more manageable. And I made the comment that the fan of me wanted, um, wanted to have the Suns win. But the expert, the analytic, the statistic... Statistic side of me like with all the stats analyzing it and whatnot I would pick the Lakers one half of me was wrong but in that game of which people need to understand Anthony Davis um had a groin injury and then because I believe that was in the um that was I think before halftime can't remember but it was in game four and that was a pivotal pivotal moment in that game that was like the climax of that was the climax for the Lakers in that game, because you had everything riding. It was either you're going to go free one or you're going to tie the series to a piece. And Anthony Davis went down, and you saw KCP wasn't healthy at all, and now you had Anthony Davis out for a minor game, who was lighting it up when he had a chance to. But the Suns took advantage of that, and that's where. Devin Booker got more activated, was coming back to his original form. DeAndre Aiden was getting more involved, and it was showing. Chris Paul even had a great show in spite the in, uh, shoulder injury. And we're going to get to that injury because um, I'm not too thrilled with the coaching decisions done by Monty Wells. But hold on, I'll get to that in a little bit. Look, Game 4 was a tremendous moment for... That Suns team, it really was, right? We can say yesterday's game with the blowout. We'll get to that, trust me. 
But game four, it's always said you must win game one and game four. And that's what they did, and they tied it to a piece. But here, here we go. You ready? DeAndre Ayton had 17 rebounds and 14 points. It wasn't on Devin Booker. Devin Booker had a great game. Not a phenomenal game, a great game. If it wasn't for DeAndre Ayton, they wouldn't have won. Because he was the one attacking the rim, having rim protection, playing good paint defense, playing a good series of possessions, getting inside the paint, putting DeAndre Ayton, I mean, sorry, Andre Drummond, Marcus Saul, um, then Anthony Davis, and even LeBron at some point in the game. On nose, on her toes, like saying, okay, he's here and he's scoring. And now I'm going to have 14 points, 17 rebounds, and the rebounds were significant. And then you saw with Jay Crowder hitting really good freeze, who went two for 21, two for 28, something like that, in the in this series of just missed freeze, of freeze like between made and missed freeze, two of 21 of that game before game four. Right, but he came out, he hit a few frees. He was still missing some, but he was making some, which was great proven. He had 17 points and 7 rebounds. Um, Chris Paul could not have looked any better post-injury, post-game 1. He came out with 18 points and 9 rebound, uh, nine assists, one short of a double-double. Uh, Devin Booker, he came out, he had 17 points and 5 assists. Look, for Devin Booker having that two game slump, having that two game of two game of just bad showing, I'm impressed that he played. I'm impressed that he played very well. And I'm happy he hustled on offense and defense. I'm happy that he took it upon his shoulders to say, Hey, this is what needs to be done. DeAndre's getting more involved. If Chris Paul's healthy, great. If not, we have to do what we can to win because if not, then the Lakers going to torch us in game five. Now, obviously, we saw uh, yeah, Anthony Davis go down with the injury. Only had six points. We were shutting him down even before that injury. But we have to remember, Anthony Davis was not fully healthy. And I'm not using that as an excuse or anything. The man was playing through a hyperextended knee injury. Hyperextended in game three and still won. His knee was not fully healthy going into game four, nor in game three, but he prevailed and battled through that pain. Now look, I'm not taking away from the Phoenix Suns win. They deserved that and they were credited with due respect because of how hard, because of how hard they battled through. So you still had to get through James, Caruso, Schroeder, and different things like that. To be honest, no one had a good game in that game. Sure, you could say, oh, LeBron put up 25 points in the 12 rebounds. That doesn't mean anything. Sure, you were originally losing by 20. Yes. They came back within 9, 8, it was 8. Uh, correction. Um, they came back by eight, and that had a large part of what LeBron was doing, yes. But LeBron did not have his best game ever. Nor was his worst nor was his worst game. It was an okay game. A good game. It was like an okay game for him. And that's the best word to put it. Because while he was scoring and rebounding high, no one else was doing that. Sure, you can look at the stats and you saw Gasol, Kuzma. Uh, and Crusoe getting some points. But no, when you're looking at the impact that Booker, Aiden, and Paul did, no, and even Cameron Payne to some extent, it just, no, the Suns out-battled them, out them, especially when Anthony Davis went down. When Anthony Davis went down, there was a huge effect. And that effect was, oh boy, uh, we have to rely on LeBron James, who has not been playing very well this series, Who's been eyeing on Anthony Davis? That's fact. That's not biased, but that's fact. As Anthony Davis has just been going out of his mind in all these games and making a terrific impact, right? 
during his series, he's gone 34, 34, and 13. That was from May 27th to 23rd. And I'm excluding the May 30th game just because, well, I guess you can add that in, but because it got cut short. But you get what I'm saying, right? He's a huge piece in this offense. And I don't think LeBron was expected to transition to that star again like we knew him like in 2016. Because I think he got acclimated to having Anthony Davis. And that cost him in game four. Now what saved the Suns was that uh, Chris Paul was able to rebound after having ugly two and free game uh, losing streaks. Not because of his fault, just because of the shoulder injury. And that shoulder injury has caused a lot of damage for the Suns. But with that game four, I'm just also going to say, with him being in game four, that was significant. That was significant for the Suns to have Chris Paul back because then he was able to be that point guard he needed. And Devin Booker was able to have more shots. DeAndre was able to see the ball more. And it just flowed better. So I'm happy they didn't take my advice and put Cameron Payne in. Because I don't know if it would have worked out. But I don't know how much damage it did to Chris Paul's shoulder. We'll get to that next. But congrats on the Suns winning back-to-back games. And I want to just say this is the first time ever in LeBron James' career is one that he's lost back-to-back first-round playoff games. Same, pretty significant. Um, the Suns blew out the Lakers because LeBron was not ready to do this without a game-time decision injury on uh, Anthony. Well, I said game-time. They already ruled him out earlier. Pretty much saying it's doubtful, unlikely. The Duke can come back within four days and come back from a groin strain, from a strained groin and a banged up knee. You're asking a lot for him. And I get it. These guys can bow through. I'm not calling them wimps or anything. But still, for a mere mortal or for a tough basketball player, whoever you are, it doesn't matter. Having a hurt knee and a banged up a body just does not help. And it showed tonight. Because LeBron, yes, he was hitting a few shots, looked gassed in the game, just looked out of it, especially in the third quarter, especially when his team needed him the most. It got so bad that in the second quarter, they were already winning by twenty between 20 and 30 points. Already had 60 points in the second quarter. The Lakers only had around 30, and they were trying to catch back up. LeBron took extended breaks. Andre Drummond didn't look good besides all of his rebounds. Catavius Cutaway Pope, 0 points in 15 minutes. He only took one shot, one rebound, two assists. THT, 11 rebounds, 11 points. Kyle Kuzma had 15 points, but majority of those points came late, like majority third quarter, fourth quarter, when it really didn't matter. And you can see where I'm going with this. Montrose Harrell, you see, oh, nine points in 12 minutes, that's awesome. That came in, in the fourth quarter, eight minutes remaining, not much to be, like, not much to have left in the tank. Everybody's wanting that game to be over. LeBron James, with five minutes remaining in the game, went back into the locker room. And no one played well. To me, I'm happy the Suns got the victory. But this was humiliating. This was embarrassing. This is exactly what I thought the game was going to be in terms of the Suns' victory, not the blowout. I thought it was, like, I thought it was going to be way closer, like between 10 and 20 points. I wasn't expecting a 115-85 game, a 30-point blowout. No one was celebrating. Everybody wanted to be over because in the second quarter, they knew it was over when they were up at f- by 30 at one point. Then the third quarter rolled in. They were up by 32. And then they came back down to 23 and back up to 30. Um, fourth quarter to now the final. 
Devin Booker went off for 30 points. Let me repeat. Devin Booker went off for 30 points. Him and Mark Consol was getting into it. Whatever they said to each other, Devin Booker was trying to get revenge on him. Every single shot he was doing over Mark Gasol, staring him down, making things, hap- making things happen. Devin Booker was the MVP of this game. He balled out. He was hitting three-pointers. He was getting those midway jumpers. He was hitting those lefts. He was hitting everything. He did things right, and he outperformed LeBron. I get there's an age difference. I get it there's a um I get it there's a different mindset heading into this. I get it it's just two different game styles. I get it. But you still gotta give credit where credit is due and he outperformed everyone on that bench, LeBron James. You you outbattled him. You outbattled him in everything besides assists by two. And you played one more minute to him. Right? Everybody everybody else played okay. Cameron Payne had a few good shots. He got 16. I saw they, they had some great possessions. Their defense was high today. Their defense on Tuesday night was amazing. Right? They had some back and forth fast. They had fast break points. They were getting in it. They were converting most of their shots. Free pointers were ugly, but still getting the job done. You had 47 offensive rebounds, right? I mean, total rebounds. Assist, you just dominated in. You had 44 points in the paint. You had less fouls than the Lakers. Let me just say, their defense and their points in the paint is what made them win the game. And I hate when everybody said the three-pointer works. But getting down there in the paint works. That's where the majority of your points came from. Right? That's where a big chunk of your points came from. And that all adds up. Because Mikel Bridges was hitting shots. It was a team effort game, but, De- but Devin Booker had... Just was collecting everyone, everybody, just doing his thing, collecting shot after shot, making it, dishing it out, and whatnot. By far, this was the best game defensively. Not even game one was that good defensively, but they covered it up. They didn't allow the free points. Sure, you had some free pointers made. You had... You pretty much had, you stopped them 12 out of 35 times on a three-pointer. 29 out of 84 times for the field goals. They just played really good defense. They Mikel Bridges got a block on, oh man, I can't remember who, but they got a block. Oh, I believe it was Dennis Schroeder, I can't remember. But everybody was getting blocks, locked down. Even Devin Booker was on LeBron James and guarding him pretty well. The, the Lakers were not that aggressive. The Suns were aggressive, but not to the point where they were two games ago, one game ago. But they made their mark known. And this is a huge win for the Suns to have confidence rolling in 3-2, saying, we blew you out like you did to us. We blew you out because we can. Because we, 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 we exposed you for what you are. You can't win without Anthony Davis. Proven. They're free and two now. Lakers are two and free. Going back to LA. You need Anthony Davis to win. Meaning you need him to come back and win the game for you. Because LeBron can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. He can't. He can't. He needs that supporting player. He's not the guy you saw 10 years ago. Like in the beginning of his career. 15 years ago. 16 years ago. 12 years goes, whatever it was, like with the Cavs, in his first run or second run, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's not like he's run down core f- fully, down both possessions, dunking it, blocking it. Not what he was doing in the 2016 NBA Finals, recent memory, with the big free, with Chris Bosch, D Way, and then with significant peace and Ray Allen. No. That's not what he was doing with Eric Spolster's team. 
Frank Vogel's team is now experiencing something. This is the aging LeBron. And Father Time, Time Father, however you say, guys, however you say the name, is showing you a different side of LeBron. This is aging LeBron. This is not the one attacking the rim, getting involved. This is an injury-prone LeBron who went 9 of 19 this game, 10 of 21 uh, May 30th, May 27th, 9 of 19. And it's not getting better. And yeah, it's just not getting better. He shoots worse. Sure, he's having a few good moments, but it's no longer lasting. Something is He's 36 years old, and putting a million dollars in your body per year is not going to stop the aging effect. So now the Lakers need a win with an aging LeBron and a banged up Anthony Davis where you can be outmatched, outplayed, outfirepowered with the Suns who have Jaw Crowder, Mikel Bridges, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Craig Payne, and everyone else. Johnson and everyone else. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that the Suns are going to lose or win. Game 4. I mean game 6. Do I think it's going to end 4-2? I like it too. I like for this to get over with. Because I think the Suns can win it. I think the Lakers are just really really bad luck right now. With all the injuries. Because KCP is not going to be fully healthy. Anthony Davis is not going to be fully healthy. And LeBron James being gassed in the third quarter. And still having the lagging effects of ankle injury and just body wear and tear. He's not going to be healthy. If your main two stars aren't going to be fully healthy. Or somewhat capable of playing in that game. You have a problem. No matter who you are. Lakers, Celtics. Nets, um, Suns, Wizards, whoever you are. If you have two superstars, one superstar, or any part of that can't fully go, just can't fully go. And your mind would want to will you one in every single way. That's great, but sometimes your body more than ever dictates what's going to happen in that game and how you're going to perform, sadly. Because if it came down to the mindset... It would be a completely different story of what LeBron could be doing right now. And it's not like this aging LeBron can't do anything. He's still making windmill dunks. Still postering guys. Still hitting deep frees like we saw against the Warriors. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking away anything LeBron's done this season. I'm just saying he needs Anthony Davis. He just can't do it anymore. He could do things, but he can't be that main guy. Physically. Doing 30 minutes, going up and down, minimum breaks. It's not what we've seen. He was that guy with the Cavs, maybe with the Heat, but he's no longer that way with the Lakers. Last season was his best season with the Lakers. And I think the Lakers are realizing that. So if I'm the Lakers, I would try to plan on without playing with AD because your next game is Thursday. Try to get LeBron more energized. Maybe try to get these parts back on tracks. You have to. You have to do something. Because the only break you're having right now is an injured Chris Paul. But when your two main stars are injured and not fully healthy, but while you have a healthy DeAndre Ayn and Devin Booker, you're gonna you're gonna get smashed. Rough. And you don't want to be the team that is the defending champs, loses 4-2 in the first round, LeBron's being questioned about his age, about if he's still puff Braun, if he was still able to tap into it, especially to a team that just made the postseason in, in, since this past decade, who haven't been in since this past decade. So, what I want... Would I want this to go to a Game 7? No. Do I think it's going to go to a Game 7? Maybe. I'm not too sure. I can't predict anything right now. I need to know more. And as of 8 a.m. right now, of, of a.m. when this podcast is coming out, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to be like, we're going to go all in. I'm just going to play for his entry. I don't know if LeBron's going to be with his mindset going into it. I know he wants to win. He's one of the best competitors we've seen in the past 10 years. As in his prime winning championships, I know he wants to be better than Jordan or even Kobe for that matter. I know he wants to do all this stuff. I just don't know. If we're focusing on this right now, first day is going to be ultimate test. It's win or go home for the Lakers, and it's win or go home for the Suns. Because they might be saying, well, if they tie a free fruit, what does it mean? Even if you're going back to Phoenix, that gives us the Lakers and our breathing opportunity where you really put the squeeze on the Suns more than ever. Right? And the Suns have their own problems. But the Lakers need to figure it out. Their defense was sloppy today. I'm going to be cut through about that. Phoenix had better uh, defense. Offense, it just wasn't producing that well. Due to injuries or what? You just weren't completing that many shots. Injuries do take a tool. Wear and tear take a tool on this team. So the better team that was able to pass better, shoot better, rebound better, was the Phoenix Suns. They just outplayed them. And that's more than what the score goes into. It's just the impact that these guys had. Devin Booker had 24 points coming into the third quarter after halftime. Significant. But I'm gonna I, I I told you at the beginning of this podcast episode, 8 a.m. here on a Wednesday, I wanted to address something that I saw was idiocy, stupidity, and everything else by Monty Williams. And look, I don't I don't try to bash our Phoenix Suns head coach. I respect, I love every move they makes. I think he's transformed his team completely. With the help of Chris Paul, what he's done to Phoenix Suns has been amazing. But he made a critical error. It one that really could uh, mess up and really jinx this entire series. Chris Paul, look, you should never had him coming back in to that game after halftime when you're up by 30. Unless they were making these crazy runs. And I had this within 20, 15, 10, 8, 5. Whatever it was. Chris Paul, if you didn't watch the game or saw the video footage. Was left in there too long. His shoulder couldn't take it anymore. He got banged, he got banged up three times. Meaning he got hit to the ground in the third quarter. In the third quarter three times. And the final straw came to a box out. But what really hurt him was the first time or second time, I can't remember, was where they're going offensively. He gets hit. He goes on to the baseline, flies out of the air, goes on to the baseline. He doesn't go, he doesn't hustle back, he doesn't walk back to the possession. He just stays there. And I can't see anything because the camera wasn't looking at it. I just saw him flying and didn't come back. And then when he did come back for the next defensive series, after the next offensive series, the Lakers drove it, boxed him out, and it was a clean box out from what we could tell. In that moment, Chris Paul landed hard on his shoulder, and you should have just seen the pain. He got up and just ran right to that sideline, getting the heating pad, getting... Getting whatever he can to loosen up that muscle, that shoulder, because that right shoulder contusion, that labrum issue, whatever you want to call it, bothered him. He re-injured it. He reactivated the pain, and he didn't come back in for that game. He was rolled out for a major game with a right shoulder contusion. He re-injured himself. For what? Why would we even keep on playing? We didn't need him. At that certain time, we were up by 30. 30. It's not like this was in 5. It was 30. He should have been out by late second quarter. At least early third quarter. Not third quarter at all. Horrible move by Monty Williams. Monty Williams was greedy with that time. Because he was taking advantage of Chris Paul. And it was 23 minutes. He should have left. 
he left with an apparent shoulder injury, re-injuring that shoulder. The pain, he grabbed that shoulder immediately when he went down. He tried everything to get rid of the pain. In one moment of forgiveness that they had, of relieving pain and whatnot, was taken away because of a... Because of how stupid Monty Williams was. And I don't care if Chris Paul said, I want to stay in the game. Ultimately, it's a coach's decision. And Chris Paul's a veteran. Chris Paul's a big boy. He'll understand it. And I get it. Chris Paul wants to be on the court helping, the, helping his guys. But look at the bigger picture. You're winning by 30. You're going to win that game. But but they kept him in. And as a result... And a result, he's injured. And I don't know if he's gonna. He's not gonna be fully healthy. He's not gonna be as healthy as he was last last night, as he's gonna be on Thursday. I don't know if it's gonna be his game two appearance again. But if that's the case, what does it mean for the Suns? Because the Suns desperately need him. But they should not have kept him in there. And since they did, they made a critical mistake, and it may cost them game six. And if that costs him a game six, potentially the series, we have an issue. So I'm not happy with Monty Williams. Um, I was sitting there with my dad watching the game, and I was just, I was just freaking out that we had to put Chris Paul in that game soon. Uh, still, I'm like, get him out with five minutes remaining. Five minutes remaining in that third quarter, you got to pull him. With six minutes remaining in the third quarter, he gets injured. My God, pull him. That's why I've been saying. That's why I said the entire third quarter. I was telling my dad, I'm like, look, you have to come out of there. He's going to get injured. Something's going to happen to him. They may give him a cheap shot. That He may fall. Something's going to happen. And I kept stressing that over and over again. And sadly, my, me singing about it manifested into something real manifested into a re-injury saying whoops son's messed up why wouldn't why wasn't the coach there pulling him out of the game you could pull on your big boy pants for once morning and you can pull him out of there i get it you want to trust your veteran leader but sometimes you gotta do it what's right for the team or what makes best for business meaning look we're gonna take you out for the third don't need to be in for the last 24 minutes. We can be healthy. You can have some resting time for your shoulder after having a great game. Looking much better. Come back on June 3rd and boom. Light it up for the sky and put it. But even if Chris Paul's not fully activated again, we just have to look, we just have to hope that he's somewhat like he was today. Or even in game three. I'm sorry. What's this game four? No, game four, I mean. Game four and five. That's what we need to be. We need to win this a third time, and we need to make this a game seven. But we need Chris Paul. We need Devin Booker. And we need DeAndre Ayn. It's as simple as that. And when it comes closer, um, first I'm going to break down the Fink Suns even more and whatnot. But today I just want to give a little recap my thoughts on it. I'm not trying to go hardcore, so if this seems like very broad, I do apologize. That's not my intent at all. I just wanted to give a quick recap. What I saw during the game, um, what I heard from 98.7, what I heard on TNT, I wanted to bring it to everyone's attention today, and I saw it was very important, and I'm hoping nothing else goes wrong. I'm hoping that Chris Paul can just shake it off a little bit, and just play through this. Not the most ideal thing I ever want to hear. My ma- my own mouth speak. But that's where we're at. However, I will say. I'm going to jump off the Suns train real quick. Um, I want to get to some other breaking news. We, we know about Anthony Davis. But I want to say this. Damian Lillard has just broken the playoff record for most freeze made in the game. He had 12 or 13, yeah, 12, 12 free pointers in that pile. Pardon me. 
in a playoff game against the Nuggets last night in a double OT, despite the loss, he played hard with 55 points and 10 assists. Despite going down in the series 3-2 to the Nuggets, losing 147-140, to that's like what Damian Lillard did. So, the game-tying shot in the uh, going the first overtime, he hit it. He had a three-pointer right in, I believe, Jokic's face. Contested. No time remaining. They go into the first overtime. Then, when you saw the poor Trailblazers were going to lose... Somehow, uh, same time, uh, Damian Lillard hits again from the same spot of the court, contesting everything, hits it, sends it in the second overtime. Then, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., and uh, Mar- uh, Marky- Monty Morris sealed the game off, winning by 11. Just getting that done over with and taking the free two lead in Denver. Man, um that was a I didn't get to see the game, but what I saw from the highlights, what I saw from everybody buzzing about it, what I heard about all these different analysts talking about it, Paul and them have one of the best games ever this puff in the puff series. In the puffs in general. And it lived up to the hype of being, oh, it's game time against the Joker. That was a really good game, and I wish I got to see it. Because originally, uh, Denver was up by 20. Portland came back. Nuggets were up by 9 before the fourth quarter ended with with 4 minutes remaining. They were able to tie it, send it overtime. Again, in in the first overtime, they were up by 4. Couldn't handle that. Tied it. And then went to double overtime. To the second overtime, and then Nuggets finally got a grip on things and won 147-140. So, really cool deal. Still considering Jokic to be the MVP, I think it's very special. He was one assist shy of a triple-double. That doesn't matter. All that matters is that they got the win. He played incredible 46 minutes. However, Damian Lard played 55 minutes. I mean, 52 minutes. For 55 points, 10 assists. That's significant. So yeah, this series has been living up to the hype. Um, I don't see the Nuggets are a number one seed team. Uh, they could have made that... Uh, they could have made that interesting if they had Jamal Murray. But they're proving it. If they make it to the second round, maybe third round. I can see it then. But let's just see what we can do. Because next game, which would be... Game six, and I'm sorry, third, third in their conference. Apologies. Um, I can see them as a third. Then I thought they were first for some reason. My apologies. I thought they were first, third or fifth, third or fifth. I can really see them in between that range, or even a sixth, between that range of third and to six. But they're going back to Portland. They're going to try to even up the series. If not, either way. You're going to close out Portland or you're going to close out Denver. Either way, it's coming down. And it's safe to say one team's going to be happy and one team's not going to be happy. It's just how the pause work. And it's just just interesting how you look at it. Because you originally had Trailblazers win first game. And then Nuggets win back-to-back games. And then Trailblazers tied up to a piece. And now you have this. The double OT was amazing. Dame time in the same spot. Back to back quarters. OT. Heading in OT. Double OT. There was anything more he could have done. In 52 minutes. He just balled out. So did CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum had 18 points. Uh, Robert Coving- uh, Covington had 19. Not bad. But Damian Lard stole the show tonight, and right, rightly so. So did Jokic. Okay, last thing I want to address real quick. Um, the Boston Celtics. Now, why you say, um, where you should have said, oh, they should have won some more. They shouldn't have. 
Um, that doesn't really matter as such. Look, I'm not trying to make excuses for the Celtics. The Nets were obviously the better team, by far. But they never had a good chance of meshing, becoming more competitive between injuries and COVID, between Kemba never getting right in his words. Um, with Jason Tatum had COVID, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that. With injuries taking place. And now with these past two games, just having Robert Williams and Kemba Walker out. And just having less players to have and relying more on your scrubs and your bench. It was tough because you had to go up against Kyrie, Durant, Harris, Harden, Brown, Shamit, and everybody, and Spencer Dinwiddie when he plays. That's tough. And Jason Tatum was really the only guy that pulls through. Langford's okay. Smart's okay. Thompson, he's just a loud mouth. Uh, Fournay, he's good. It's tough for the Celtics. But you're saying, I didn't think the Celtics were going to be anything more. I don't think the team, Tampa Walker wasn't even coming back. So for me, this team was just all discombobulated. Jason Tatum would have been awesome. Not even Jalen Brown was playing. You, you didn't even have him playing any parts of the series. He's been out with an injury. No Jalen Brown. Just Jason Tatum. Uh, Kemba Walker on and off. Evan Fournay. Remember, he was a trade uh, in the uh, trade, um, trade block from Orlando for two second round draft picks. Who also had COVID. Who has also had to set out many games. It's just interesting. And I and I think I think it's right with so that they lost four to one to Brooklyn. I saw it was gonna be a sweep. At least they won one game not to be completely humiliated. At least they put up some level of fight. I do respect that. But inevitably I just predicted it. They were gonna prolong their own death. Sooner or later they're gonna do it. And with that Will Stunt in Game 3 that they won 2-1, to one, your real chance to win was in Game 4. But even then, that was a hard task to finish. Jason Tim has been the player for the Celtics this whole season, consistently. But, yeah, that is pretty much it. We had Brooklyn beat out the Celtics. I could go on and on about the Celtics. I did that. Our last podcast episode I did right before right before game three, which I was shocked that they won. But here's the thing: when you have Kyrie, James Harden, and everyone else on that team that has firepower like Blake Griffin, whatnot, you're gonna win. You're gonna win nine out of ten of the times. And they proved it for nine out of ten of the times, and that is pretty much it. I can't give any more breakdown. It's just as simple as that. They were out fire powered. They didn't. Ha- the Nets didn't have many injuries, rarely to no injuries. Celtics had all the injuries in the world. Brad Stevens just couldn't get his team together this season. Well, Steve Nash made something of all the players that he had, which are phenomenal players by their position, just overall skill set. And yeah, that is pretty much it. I can't break it down more. You knew each guy was going to be getting 20, many assists, many rebounds. It's just their dominant nature. And now we're going to have that matchup of Bucks against Nets. And breaking news, that's actually going to be this Saturday, which I'm excited for. And we talked about this on the Puff Brackets, the the one hour and 21 minute podcast episode I did last weekend. Saying, hey, this is what is happening this is the brackets. This is why the Bucks and Nets are going to be one of the highest uh, seen games, series that the Puffs will ever have, really. And I think that's something you guys have to check out because I actually do believe that. Especially with a Game 7. If we have a Game 7, that's really thrilling. Expect to get people. And that's not me banking on that. That's not... Wait. That's not... Wait. 
banking with a big... Okay, well, let me restart. That's not me guessing. That's me predicting. That's me saying that that's going to gonna happen. Because Bucks, who've been dominant over the Heat, have been playing very well. They destroyed the Heat, obliterated them, blew them out. Of course, you have no more Dante DiVincenzo, but you really didn't need him. I get it. He was important, but not that important to win a series. Right now, you're going to have that hard task going against the Nets, but it's going to be a fun one. More of a challenge for Nets. More of a challenge for the Bucks for both teams because Heat, Celtics, they were those first-round teams that should be eliminated and did get eliminated. So, yeah, but you guys, so far, my brackets are working out so far. Grizzlies against Jazz, not working out so far. But there we have it. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. While you're doing this on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Rumble, Spotify, wherever you're getting this from. We're everywhere. Just search us. We're so grateful to have you guys as fans. And please, get, and please um subscribe. Mention this to your family members. Mention this to everyone you know. Because we're the only sports podcast that try not to include politics or other stuff. Just fun basketball, fun conversations, fun heat moments, fun good moments, some glowing moments that cannot be shined away, and just different things like that. So I do thank you guys again for listening and watching, wherever you guys are. We truly do appreciate you, and we'll see you on the next podcast episode, which will be Thursday. And we'll break down more of the Suns, give you breaking news, and just keep talking about the pops of which we all know and love. See you guys for thank you guys for listening to this video, and we'll see you on the next podcast episode. See you later. That's all. That's a wrap, folks.